Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Front Free. Adam here, joined as always by Lawrence McKenna. I'm on the street. Again? What's going on? I was and in a taxi last time. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> and it's a pleasure to welcome back the one, the only, Squawker, Dave. Hi guys, how's it going? Dave, how are you, mate? How's things? Good, yeah. I had a cracking holiday, drank a little bit too much German lager, ate too much meat, but, you know, everything else is great. <laughs> Don't want to be sad. guzzling that German, German meat, <laughs> 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 how, how was it? How, how, were you, is it Oktoberfest you're at? Oh yeah, so I went, went over to uh, Munich, went to Oktoberfest for a day, drank about six litres of beer, six and a half percent, it was a brutal day. Then I went up to Dresden, <laughs> where the, the home of Dynamo Dresden, uh, my probably my second football team, and then went up to uh, Hamburg and had a good time up there. Fantastic. Nice. Now, what was the best bit? Um, I think Dresden. Dresden's a really interesting place, it's got an old town that's very like historic and Got a lot of like, good architecture there. And then the new, the Neustadt that's known over there, the new town, really good night out. I recommend it if you're in Dresden. I assume you were keeping up with all the, the football news there, Dave. You were watching your football. Uh, of course, yeah, of course I was keeping up. You know, watching United in Germany, beat a German team, great result, <laughs> lads. <laughs> and uh, I assume you've heard the news about Brendan Rodgers as well. Um, yeah, that's sort of, you know, I've, I've seen it, I've seen something's happened, but I think Lawrence has probably got a bit of be- better take on that. I'm not too sure whether he's there, whether he's gone. We, um, I'm here. Yeah. We, we uh, Lawrence, we found out live on air, didn't we, when we were recording the... Oh, uh, God. The, Have you uh, seen my face when you tell me? I'm like, really? Which is really funny. Uh, yeah, we did a Football Republic live show on Sunday, the news was sort of filtering through. It was hard to believe at first, Lawrence, because the timing of it seemed strange. I mean, in retrospect, I suppose everything in retrospect seems fairly clear. It's just the sort of the initial, it's a bit like being punched, isn't it? You're kind of like, whoa, wait a minute, what happened there? Um, but and but why after Brendan, the Merseyside derby? Why then? Why was that the final straw? Just it's that, I mean, to be, to be fair, it sounds like it was even more premeditated than that. I mean, you know, there's uh, apparently Brennan Rogers knew before that. Um, some people say he knew after he the game. Yeah, I I don't, don't, this is the problem is, I think there's a few too many uh, sketchy details to do with how he was let go. I guess the ultimate thing would be the public statements from both the club and Brendan, or Mr. Well, Rogers, are that, you know, they leave it kind of amicably. And it's more, I guess, what neither side's really saying are, and this is the biggest almost indictment of it for me, was I felt quite apathetic towards it, towards the end. Yeah. Um, and it, so when it was sort of said, it was kind of like, it was less of a, oh my God, it was more like a, oh yeah, that happened. Well, but, but I, the biggest problem is, I think, and this probably leads into Dave's point, it was because maybe Liverpool have looked at what the other options there are right now. And well, they're sort of saying, well, could, could it be Klopp? Could it be rock and roll football? Could mm-hmm. it be a man who has a very public and open philosophy, et cetera, et cetera? Well, Dave, the, the speculation that I, you know, that's been floating around the last few days was that perhaps another big job is about to come, become available in the, in the, in the coming weeks. Um, certain job in London. And maybe that's why Liverpool made their move on Sunday. That's why they got rid of Rodgers. 
I think so as well, yeah. They've, they've got to move quickly for the man that you're talking about, Jurgen Klopp, fantastic manager, you know, completely turned Borussia Dortmund from a sort of um, middle table team to obviously winning the league on two occasions. The other thing I'd say as well is, is Bayern Munich, I think they're probably going to sort out their managerial situation next season, whether it will be Pep Guardiola or it will be, you know, Jurgen Klopp's a man that's been linked to that job a lot. So Liverpool have got to move quickly and I think they have moved. You know, obviously Mourinho is struggling, he's got the vote of confidence, but... You know, Chelsea are pretty much, you're pretty poor at the moment. And you'd it's say really that. A vote of confidence. Exactly. You know, it's going to come. You'd say that Mourinho probably, he's got to turn something around pretty big. Um, and I was actually, an interesting thing there, I was looking at Mourinho's record today. Um, and I was, I thought that Mourinho was at Inter Milan for three years. And I thought he was at Porto for three years, you know, when he went on to win the Champions League at both those teams. In fact, he was there for two years. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible what he can do in two years. But. That's that's the end of it, in my opinion. I well, think if you're going to get Mourinho at your club, two-year contract, and then you get rid of him. Let's come on to uh, to Mourinho in a second, Lawrence. But going back to, to to Jurgen Klopp, obviously Dave there is saying that he is a good choice for Liverpool manager. As a Liverpool fan, are you are you happy with that hire? Because a lot of people have been pointing to the fact that yes, although he did take Dortmund to to the title, um, he did take them to the Champions League final. He, he had a somewhat disappointing season last season. Yeah, um, I think the, the disappointing last season was a mixture of kind of knowing that there was going to be a transition um, and, you know, his incredibly passionate style of football dropping away, but also realising that there is kind of a... I when you look at his quotes, it, it becomes a mixture of tactics and kind of the emo, what he calls the emotional side, what I imagine other people would call the psychological side. And I think... You know that that got very mixed in the last season, and so and it's the fact we're calling it the last season, which is probably the the pointer there. Which is it, it's sort of a strange one because you know if if he knew he was always going to be transitioning, or maybe the players knew that he was always going to be transitioning, maybe there was a change in and some of the changes disjointed the team somewhat. Um, you'd also say it was maybe not the weakest of the uh, the, the Dortmund squads, but certainly the the squad which was. Uh, not constructed the best, if that makes sense. Um, and so what I would say is what he brings to Liverpool is something that you'd imagine meshes well with what the fans want and what the owners want, which is reasonably prized players um, and a really passionate brand of football that even if you lose, you've got this caveat of, well, at least we played our way. Um, and I think that's something that in recent years, maybe, and I saw a great article the other day, I can't remember who it was by, so I apologise to them, but it was basically... Liverpool are still playing catch-up somewhat in the Premier League era. And very often they have been playing catch-up. They didn't get a modern-day, in inverted commas, manager until the early 2000s and Gerard Houllier and he, that transitioned away from Roy Evans. Um, and everyone's tried to balance things and sort of tried to reference the old and pass and move and all those kind of things. And really, it's, it's a very, it almost brings about a confused identity for the club. And there's a, there was a small C conservatism there for a while of, you know, criticising the commercial ventures of Manchester United, but then wondering why Liverpool couldn't attract the big guys. And it made them lag behind. And I think a lot of people, even now, are wondering, you know, what, what the status of Liverpool is in and outside of Liverpool. Because if, you're, if you live in London or anywhere else, look, it's very different to actually being in Liverpool. And I think that's partly, you know, why it's difficult to analyse from almost the outside. Because, you know, if you go to Barcelona, people say, you've got a special culture. It's all part of being you know, in the Catalonian nation, it's all part of being that. And the same if you go to Real Madrid or you go maybe to other clubs where there's a very sort of insular idea. And at one point that was very prevalent in Liverpool 
maybe it became more that the club wanted acceptance from everyone else and was looking at everyone else on how to catch up. They were no longer the innovative side. I know there's a lot of points to bring together there, but the point would basically be for a long time, Liverpool, through poor management of the club by people at multiple levels, maybe on the pitch, maybe also off the pitch, and trying to balance things at a mediocre level, yeah. the club have slowly brought themselves down to mediocrity in terms of where their status is, but also in terms of, I don't know, um, the way that other people perceive them. And mentally, that has a big effect on a lot of things. Well, Dave, let me put this question to you then, because as Lawrence is saying there, Liverpool are in a difficult position. They're in an, in an interesting place. What I was saying to um, Paul from uh, Red Men TV earlier, this is last week, was that Liverpool have the fifth highest wage bill in the Premier League. Um, under Rodgers, they finished an average of fifth in those three seasons he was in charge. So is that not just as good as can be expected of a Liverpool manager? Is What is Klopp going to be able to do that's going to take them above that level? So what Lawrence mentioned about um, you know Klopp's emotional side, this is a really big thing that was going to give the club a boost. You know, Klopp, similar to Alex Ferguson, got the best of what he you know got the best out of the players that he's got. When he first joined um, Dortmund, they were poor. They were like you know mid-table, really really poor side. One thing I remember reading about this: um, apparently, he took the players on a trip for two days. They went to the forest. They were all given a knife, and they had to stay in the forest for two days. I think with tents probably. But they, that's the similar, that's, you know, a team bonding thing where you're actually like, you're in the wild, you're with your, you know, your teammates that will become your friends in that situation. And it's a real team building exercise. And I think that Liverpool potentially have lost that a bit. You know, Brendan Rodgers, it seemed like he lost the players. You know, he lost the, he, he lost the sort of the club in a way, he lost the fans. But I think that what Klopp will bring is this explosive style. There's a criticism that's been going around with Klopp, obviously, in his last season at Dortmund. But let's just think of one thing, okay, right? So he lost Mario Goetze one summer. The summer after he lost Kagawa, and then the summer after that he lost Lewandowski. That same season he lost Lewandowski. Um, Marco Royce was injured for pretty much the whole season, so pretty much he's lost his four best players over that that sort of won in the league title in those seasons. And then how you, you can continue to sort of adapt about that, but there will come a time where it doesn't work anymore, and that's what we found. The signing of Abemyang took a season to sort of bed in to be this goal scorer that Lewandowski was when he left. So it was all about this transitional phase, and I think that. Klopp's getting slated a bit too much for this, you know, the, the last transitional phase. You know, you look at Thomas Tuchel right now, they're playing incredible football, you know, apart from the defeat to Bayern Munich, obviously, they got absolutely hammered in that game. They tried to play Bayern at their own game, which was silly, but it's, it's a smooth transitional phase, a completely different to what's happened to Manchester United in a way after Ferguson. I mean, it, it probably, of the options out there, he probably is the best hire that they could make Liverpool. I think he is an exciting manager, as you're saying, and... As a Spurs fan, it worries me slightly, Klopp coming in, that Liverpool might be able to get it together and sort of, you know, be one of those clubs who are challenging for the top four finish. But we'll see what happens. No one knows how he's going to do, but he is he's definitely an exciting hire and Liverpool fans do seem to be excited if he does come in. Apparently Liverpool are planning to get him in by the end of the week, so it looks like it is, um, is dead on. In terms of Mourinho, who you mentioned there earlier, Dave, now I've seen... <laughs> Again, we've been talking about Mourinho since the start of the season. We've been talking about his almost unravelling in many ways. And it does seem to some people that maybe Mourinho is almost trying to get sacked in that he doesn't know how to fix this situation. He's riling up people, you know, ruffling feathers in the wrong places. I mean, he came out with a, I think it was a seven-minute run after the loss to Southampton uh, at the weekend. He was one who started talking about sacking. You know, if the club aren't happy, they're going to have to sack me. 
it's looking increasingly unlikely he is going to last until the end of the season, isn't it? I'd say so, yeah. You know, I alluded to the point before how he does very, very well in two seasons and then after that it goes. My big criticism of Mourinho, like everyone else, is he doesn't bring through young players and that is a huge issue. You know, for example, you look at you look at his signings. You know, they bought in Baberman, um, you know, and they had Loftus Cheek at the club. They had Kurt Zuma at the club. Those three players, if if you know, if Chelsea are going to sort of improve this season, I think that they've got to come in. I really think that those players have got to come in. I think that Kurt Zuma looked brilliant against Arsenal. Fair enough, the next game he didn't look so good. But for young players, you've got to ride the highs and the lows. That's something that Ferguson did exceptionally well during his career at Manchester United. You know, bringing players at the right time, then dropping them. At certain points, there was part. I'm reading his book at the moment, Leading. There's a part that he said he doesn't like young players to play 40, 50 games a season because then they'll think that they've earned the place. Mourinho, I don't feel that he's ever got to grips with young players that will give this Chelsea team some life back into it. I think that's what they're missing. They're missing a bit of life. There is. It, uh, Lawrence, I'll come to you, but when we hear about this three year spell, this classic Mourinho, um, it's almost like a cliche that he, he lasts two, three years at a club and that's it. It does seem a little bit lazy, but when you do look into it, as Dave is saying, Jose Mourinho doesn't know how to last beyond two, three seasons at a club. Like Dave said, he doesn't know how to bring the young players, he doesn't know how to deal with these situations. And it is now, it is eerily reminiscent of his time at Real Madrid when it all started to fall apart. He started to turn on the players, the players started to turn on him. We're just seeing that again, are we not? It would be hard to make an argument against so many stacked facts and the track record. But you would also say that Mourinho is an incredibly intelligent guy, um, which is hard to see why he's got himself in this position in the first place, I guess, because... It was five months ago they were money, wasn't it? Which just seems ridiculous. Yeah, but, you know, there's been a summer since then. So I guess... Um, what, what I guess is frustrating for a lot of people is that they see how these pieces could fit together. And it almost seems strange or frustrating the way that Mourinho has chosen to approach it because there wasn't really any need to lash out and you imagine if he had kept the boat steady then that may have served them, the, the team and the club better in the long term and maybe it's difficult to accept within Chelsea that the guy that's been built so far up has actually done it wrong um, but also that the, man, the, the owner maybe has done some things along, along, the, along the way and um, you know in cutting corners you know, they've had long enough now to bring an academy in and sort of bring that system through. Um, and it does feel slightly like Mourinho is the kind of manager who's able to fight a tide because he's such an inspiring figure. But there's only so long that you can be King Canute and sort of hold things back. You have to actually accept that at some point those tides are going to fall. Mm. Um, and it's nothing to do with reality or anything else. It's just to do with, you know, that, that Abramovich is trying to build something that maybe isn't a long-term good and that's essentially fighting back sometimes because he's gone with the short-term Mourinhoism um, and maybe that I mean maybe that is why people don't have much sympathy is because it seems like a very self-constructed sort of thing yeah I think as I said we, we have been talking about this for weeks now about the, the way the sort of the rants he's going on the way he's turned on his players I mean some of the headlines Dave we're seeing in the Times today the headline is Roman Abramovich um is concerned about Jose Mourinho's mental well-being, essentially, that he authorised that vote of confidence um, that came out um, after the defeat of Southampton because he's worried about Jose Mourinho's mental state, which just seems... It's, it just seems like a ridiculous situation. Obviously, Mourinho, 
he doesn't know how to get out of the hole that Chelsea are currently in. I think that, yeah, he's created himself this hole. I think this is Mourinho. It's him versus the world. But if he has players on side, it's them versus the world. Right now, it's Mourinho versus the world. And that is, and this is what know, happens, isn't it? He wears down teams. It mentally wears them down after yeah. two, three years. They can't deal with that siege mentality beyond and, that point. Correct. And that's what I was trying to say in terms of bringing in the young players. That's fresh. It's a fresh approach. Young players coming to the squad brings everyone up, picks everyone up. I was just thinking of another player that Chelsea have let go this season on loan. Dominic Solanke has got an absolute outrageous scoring record at youth level. He scored something like um, 15 goals in 16 games in the uh, you know last season before Christmas. Top scorer in the UEFA uh, Youth League. And he's gone away to Vitesse Arnhem. Why not introduce him to the Premier League? Right? They've got Radaman Falcao, who are obviously, I've already said my opinions on him. He is absolute garbage right now. He's finished. Locke Remy, who looks half decent when he plays, has been properly marginalised. And then Diego Costa is one of the most outperformed strikers at the moment. Why have you not got someone like Solanke, 18 years old, hungry, ready to, t- you know, he's been at Chelsea since he was a lad. Why is he not even in the fold? It's, for me, it's confusing. I think Mourinho has dug himself into this pit and it's just getting deeper and it's deeper and deeper and deeper and he's going to, it's gone. What do you make of the, uh, his reasoning for keeping Ivanovic then? Because Ivanovic has been in awful form this season. Everyone can see it. Uh, he's performing poorly, but he's... That's the key word though, Adam. Form. Form. Uh, but but you, you drop a player who's in poor form, though. Because yeah, well, no, I mean, you, or maybe you persist with them, and then you know the, the problem I'm is Adam. Very like, well at the moment, you know the, the well, yeah, that, that's all, that's all well and good, and I suppose it's it's great to be able to say that from outside training. You'd also partly say part of the issue with that is these are Mourinho's guys, so uh, yeah, he had I, no I, trouble dropping Dylan, dropping John Terry. I was talking to Lindsay Hooper earlier today, and she sort of said, um, you know, Cesc Fabregas and Ivanovic, Mourinho's guys. Maybe there is guys in the dressing room, and maybe that's why he sticks with them. But I'd, I'd question, I'd question there that you know the, the position that Ivanovic plays for this Chelsea team. Chelsea have got very narrow. That's what I've sort of noticed this year. They've got very narrow, and Ivanovic at fullback has to create that. You know, has to create the attacking space on the outside. His delivery has got very, very poor this season. It looks like he can't get back into the defensive positions when he's been attacking. And I just think if you stuck Aspilicueta on the right and Babaman on the left. You've got, a, you've got a, a, you know, got more pace. You've got more exuberance. You've got more, you know, tenacity. It just Ivanovic looks like a broken man. But I do go back to. I remember at the, the start of this season, Ivanovic. Sorry, Mourinho was saying Ivanovic is one of my key lieutenants. So it's sort of mirroring what you're saying before that it's one of Mourinho's guys, and he's not going to drop him because it's one of his guys. Uh, the other sort of managerial story from the weekend was, of course, Dick Advocat leaving Sunderland. <laughs> Thanks what a lot. What a terrible I, job, eh? <laughs> It, it was it was a pretty it's, it's a bit of a poison chalice there isn't it it seems to repeat itself every season the manager comes in to save them from relegation they stick around they can't hack it don't blame them and they leave I don't think it's anything to do with not being able to hack it I think, I think it's just that he stuck around too long because the, the fact hack is, it, is that why would you stay week, in that job the job is almost well, impossible but, but, yeah, but stop saying hack it it's not, it's not to do with hack it I well, think it's I, partly because I think maybe it's that's partly, a poor choice of words but it is but um, what's the alternative <laughs> yeah but but what I'm saying is... He quit, did he not? Uh, he quit the job. Yeah, no, well, no, he did quit, hence why he didn't get any money. Um, but you'd, you'd also say with that, well... So he could Okay. <laughs> but, but, what, but it's nothing to do with whether... It, what I'm saying is, let's not always define it as... Let's not always define it as, you can't hack it, you're not good enough for the job. Let's just say, I mean, no, for I'm instance... No, I'm not saying he's not good enough for the job. I'm saying the job is almost impossible. It's a very... I mean, it's a, it's a hapless job. Why would you stick around... When he's looking at the players on the pitch, they're not performing. The club, 
they're, they're basically just trying to scrape above the relegation zone every season. Yeah. I, was, I was surprised he stuck it out of the summer. What he, he surely he's better. Yeah, that, I think that's what I found unusual. Is is why why go back to a club where you've just done that? Why not leave? You know, things very positive. I think a lot of people ask that question, and there was almost an inevitable side to it. Um, there's got to have been a reason why, um, and you wonder how much of that was the club approaching him, and how much of that was sort of him not wanting to leave football, maybe. Well, he's um, come out and said the re- struggle against relegation is not my cup of tea. I think it was time for some. Like I said, he could knock it. No, I'm joking. Uh, he said, "I think it was time for someone else to take over at Sunderland." I became negative. Didn't feel my, like myself. Uh, I don't regret signing a new contract. It was a great experience, but our squad was simply not good enough. And he goes on to say about how he wasn't really given the the, the, the tools or the funds to strengthen the squad in the summer. Um, there has been suggestions, Dave, that Nigel Pearson could come in. Uh, Get in. Take over. Nigel, <laughs> I mean, back in the Prem. I can't wait. What would you make of that? <laughs> Abrasive. The great, he'll be a character. He'll be one that could save Sunderland. But I think my problem with Sunderland is they have like, they've got so many like old players that are sort of a little bit done. You know, I do love John O'Shea and love Wes Brown. They're probably a little bit too old for the Prem. I like Eunice Cabal. Oh, sorry, I used to like Eunice Cabal like seasons and seasons ago, but now he's absolute yeah. rubbish. The signing of Mvia, for example, you know, who's had terrible attitude problems. Jens Le- uh, Jeremy Lenz, sorry, as well, who has been sent he off. It looks looks good, but he looks like an absolute nutter. He got sent off in the um, champ, sorry, the Europa League last sixteen game of Fiorentina last season. Pretty much cost them the their their place in the tournament. But it, it just seems like Sunderland. The players there are just completely wrong. Barini's another example of a player that's an absolute, you know, so and so. Why would you want to go in there? But Nigel could be the man. He'll keep his head in the sand and he'll fight. Maybe Lawrence is better than Sunderland aren't safe. Maybe they need to do the old go down, get rid of all the high earners, bring through some young players, rebuild the club and sort of come back with a, a renewed sense of purpose. Because at the moment... Maybe. Just... I, I don't like the idea of go down, come back up. I don't like the parachute payment idea. I think they like the idea maybe of sticking out in the Premier League, trying to get that TV money and continuing to try and build. Um, I, I see what you're saying I think, you know, Kristen's probably one of the best people to talk about this. It was on the podcast last week, um, I, and mainly because he's been close to the club for quite a while. I remember him a while ago saying they they just seem consistently mismanaged. Uh, they could be a really massive club. Um, and I think Kristen has consistently said, you know, they could rival other teams. There's no reason, apart from the annexing of the North. Yeah, apart from the annexing of the North that maybe has gone on. Uh, from a Premier League standpoint and kind of a, even a financial or political standpoint, that's part of the issue that plays into it. Um, I think that there is incredible still potential at the club and I think they'd much rather stay up, try and build from there, get some stability than go, than go down. Because, I mean, if you look at that team, they're more than capable of staying up. But, you know, but, you I mean, just look at the personnel, the way they played their football at the weekend. It's not like they lack creativity or any of those things it's the it's 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 a management and game organization and game management essentially but what i'm saying sort of like at the moment the way the clubs run or you know they just seem is it three seasons now four seasons in a row we've had the same story some that have the same season every season maybe going down breaks that you know breaks that cycle and they can come back up and like you said there's a lot of potential there huge fan base i think sort of stuff one point to be made is that our Sunderland, like the issue of too much money in the Premier League, that they've like amassed all these players on these big wages that aren't good enough, that aren't really good enough week in, week out in the Premier League. And is this our own problem? Is this a league problem as a whole, that we will have these teams a la QPR 
you know, Sunderland. There's probably some other ones if I had properly thought about it. But it's just one of those things where have we created this monster that is destroying a team like Sunderland that have got a fantastic fan base? I don't know. Is, is this the issue? Well, partly, Dave. I mean, you, you, we can't deny that capitalism in Britain is primarily managed at the financial centres. Sunderland and Newcastle, not financial centres. Manchester's been where London has chosen to um, begin to reach out to. And you'd imagine that is somewhat of a vein to go towards the north. You'd imagine that the, the train line that the government are trying to build, those kind of things, may have been um, may have been even more towards that. But then, you know, we're, we're essentially seeing uh, 25 years down the line, the effects of rampant capitalism within within England and rampant consumerism, rampant self-interest from a government that was incredibly selfish, conservative and essentially a bad government, which will look to cut off half the country. And we're still seeing the effects of that now because financially those clubs cannot keep up. And they've been consistently by the system kept in a certain position and i mean that's that's a huge part of the problem is that that's very difficult to see from london because a huge amount of london people which is primarily where the press is sit in this privileged zone and they, it's like well, well why don't you just why don't you just get a job and you're like well there's not there's no fucking jobs around mate like you try and get a job where they've all been moved to london you try not you try and get a house when you can't do this and that sounds incredibly political but like that is true and that makes it difficult for clubs like Liverpool and clubs like Sunderland to stay afloat. Because when your fans can't afford a season ticket, you're losing revenue. And I know that now might count for a small amount in the TV deals. But for a long time, it, it's meant that there's been a hegemony from the likes of United and other clubs that can afford it, which would also be Liverpool for a little while. And it, some clubs have mismanaged it. Some have done well. And, you know, now that's been mixed in with the rampant, I know this is somewhat of a rant, the rampant in spending that goes on and now we're seeing overspending well so we've got a mixture of overspending from certain clubs it's and broken. spending from others talking it, it's not it's not broken dave it's just it's 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 what capitalism wants and it's what it's what neoliberalism wants which is a free market and a free market will fuck people i'm not kidding it will fuck of, you let me um really smoothly transition this we're talking <laughs> ramp, rampant capitalism uh, let me really swiftly uh, get on to Manchester United, of course, <laughs> Dave. Oh, geez, there we go. <laughs> nice, nice joke, Adam. Nice joke. But, um, Smooth presenting. To cut away from Lawrence, making a good point there, but I'm going to try and bring it back to uh, to, to get Dave to uh... Lawrence. Lawrence took it away from essentially anything that's worthwhile in football. But uh, <laughs> David Con later. More from David Con later. Yeah. Um, Dave, I just want to talk briefly to you about um, the tactics on the weekend, not specifically the game. Um, from Arsenal obviously losing 3-0 away to Arsenal. Um, there was a story on Monday that, actually today, that Manchester United stars were baffled by Louis van Gaal's tactics at the game. I know you yourself weren't a fan of them, but apparently United's players were left dismayed by van Gaal's unwillingness to adopt the counter-attacking, counter-attacking tactics at the Emirates that have served them well against Arsenal in the past. Now, there was a lot of talk of how, you know, United were pushing hard the pitch. They inexplicably had Schweinsteiger and Carrick alongside each other in the middle. I mean, what did you make of that? Because sometimes, you know, it sort of died down a little bit because United were top of the table last week. But Leuvenhaus' tactics since he joined United have been questioned. 
I think they've been absolutely awful. I think they really have. Like this, there's been times where I've been watching United and I've just thought, this is absolutely boring as anything. So before we go into the boring side, that'll be my second point. My first issue is this game. It was atrocious. Why? Right, so Arsenal are a team that work on the, basically the number 10s, like the slot, the hole, as we call it. You know, I am the hole. That is where our, all the Arsenal forwards love to play. Someone clip that out for me. Just send it to me. All right. <laughs> like you've got, you know, you've got, um, you know, who we're playing against. So we had Mesut Ozil, who's a counter-attacking, attacking midfielder that struggles against a lo- uh, like a deep defensive block. We have Aaron Ramsey, that's a central midfielder that's going to come to the ball. And you have Alexis Sanchez, that's an inside forward on the left with a right foot coming inside. Yet, we go out there, we play a 34-year-old central midfielder in Michael Carrick and a 31-year-old central midfielder in Morgan Schneider in pressing their deep-lying midfielders, opening up all that space. The other problem with that is, so you're pressing, your midfield is pressing, your central midfielders are pressing the opposition. Okay, what United have done this season very well is they've played a high defensive line to cut space down for these players. You're playing against, at the, at the weekend, United were playing against Theo Walcott, one of the quickest players in world football. You cannot play a high line against Theo Walcott. So what we're having with the two effects of that, of a deep defensive line um, and a high press, it was absolutely mental. It didn't make any sense. And all the three Arsenal goals, if you look at the um, what sort of happened before the, you know, each goal as well, there was an individual mistake from one of the defenders, I would say. Damian got done on two of the goals. And then Daley Blin was very, very poor um, to get close to Theo Walcott on, on the Mesut Ozil goal, I remember correctly. But before, if you look at before that move, you look at how much space those Arsenal forwards have in front of the United back four, attacking their back four, with Michael Carrick running around with his moon boots on. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I just don't, I don't understand it. it I, I, sorry, I'm just, it's one of these things like in football where I don't get it. I'm just not sure. Talking I, what, of, what is he thinking? Well, speaking of what they're thinking and rampant capitalism and all this, uh, United have apparently been told to back off uh, Thomas Muller, Dave. Apparently, uh, Ed Woodward's been inundating the club of emails <laughs> Desperately, over yeah, the summer, trying to sign Muller. We'll give you, we'll give you Wayne Rooney and uh, eighty million, and that'll be absolutely fit. No, it's, it's crazy. Thomas Muller is an absolutely brilliant player. There are quotes today from uh, Grunduan saying Thomas Muller is the hardest player in the world to play against because he just doesn't know where he is, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, Thomas Muller is that good. Uh, you know, started the Bundesliga brilliantly, second top scorer. I think he's third top scorer. Sorry, in the league. You know, he's he's, a, he's part of everything for Bayern for me. But Edward would need to pack it in, doesn't he? Morning, guys. Just wondering, um, is Thomas Muller still yours? Yep. Okay. See you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Ed. Sincerely, uh, 40 million. Ed. 80 million. Yeah. 40 million. And then he has that embarrassing little signature at the bottom of the email. Um, if this email is not meant for you, then please do not read it. And you're like, Ed, that's not legally that. And I, he's the kind of guy on Facebook. I mean, that, the way he's portrayed in the media, he's the kind of guy on Facebook who copy and pastes. I legally state that I am not a part of Facebook and you're like Ed just stop it alright <laughs> pack it in Ed Ed just pack it in and <laughs> Bayern Munich are not liking any of his statuses right now let's put it that way I'm going to really quickly before we get to the questions just bring out back a little bit of transfer talk because we're oh yeah we're about, we're about a, a month past the window closing there's some yeah. interesting little stories emerging <laughs> Lawrence I'll oh, come to you first because oh, you've they. got some inside information on this uh, on the weekend from, uh, yeah. from one of your, one of your name, name drops. <laughs> uh, so uh, not again, me. the rumour that's been going around the last few weeks is obviously Philippe Coutinho to Barcelona, yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's reared its head today, this rumour. Gim said, said it's all on. 
Uh, they signed in the contract at the end of the season, yep. and Liverpool can kiss goodbye. I feel like so you're Philip twisting Coutinho. his words slightly. I, ever so slightly. no, you're right, Adam. I'm just writing a, an article in the Sun. Oh, um, nice. what, what I would say is, uh, millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Uh, what you said over the weekend was, was very interesting. I, I slightly factor in with Guillaume that he is a Liverpool fan, but I also think um, what, he, what he basically said was he's not quite what Barcelona are looking for right now, it, it wouldn't really make sense for them to go for him immediately. Um, but there are positive, maybe narrative factors, which go towards the transfer, which would be Neymar's close friendship and the fact that he's a South American um, who probably aspired towards playing in Spain or at least a Latin influenced country. Um, but at the same time, that it doesn't necessarily mean that he wants to go straight to Barcelona and that Liverpool are going to lose him. Um, I think there's a lot of factors with different players and Coutinho is an interesting one because... You know, the status before he came to the club as well, that he was sort of sitting in the reserves at uh, Inter, not particularly doing anything. Um, and he was an incredible player. Um, and Liverpool have sort of taken, not a gamble on him, but, you know, Brendan Rodgers is a huge part of his, one of, uh, of his uh, development. One of Rodgers' unqualified successes, I'd say. Was it 8.5 million or something? 8.5 million. I, some people would say he's not a success. Michael Cox apparently doesn't like him. There's a couple of other people on the Guardian podcast that don't really like him tactically. To be... Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I find him really interesting. He's such an interesting player. I don't yeah. find him Is that like after the party, after you've met a real wanker and you go, what do you think of uh, Mike? Yeah, he's and they go, interesting. Yeah, he's interesting. Yeah. So my issues with Coutinho is the consistency and it's plagued his career. That he's, mo- he's, he's capable of these moments of brilliance, but he's also capable of like drifting through games. For example, the game at the weekend against Everton. I thought he wasn't great in that game. Um, yeah, I've seen him a few other times this season and again you know he scores blinding goals but is he like that attacking midfielder that we believe he is I'm not too sure yet but he can become that another interesting fact he's already played in played in the city of Barcelona for Espanyol and played some of his best football there in fact he scored five goals in Good 16 point. games so it could be all on for Coutinho eh Lawrence yeah no Dave you're right um, you would also say though I'd love to see him in another system Yes, like yeah, you know, I definitely. mean, 100%. maybe maybe his most insightful, uh, uh, best development times were when he was playing within a system which benefited someone who was in his position. And this season, Liverpool haven't had that same kind of movement that maybe yeah. his passing picks out. Dave Zlatan Ibrahimovic has just become 
Paris Saint-Germain's all-time top scorer. Apparently, he's achieved all he wants to achieve at the club, and he's off to Orlando City. What do you make? Really? Wow. I mean, that's, that's the so news. we're going to have Kaká and Ibrahimovic together. I mean, what a combo! Huh? And wow. Shamu. Don't forget Shamu. Oh, sorry, Shamu as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Disney. <laughs> Good yeah, there as well. No, but that's interesting. I, I, I thought that he was going to go back to AC Milan personally, but you know, times must have changed, and he fancies it in the US. But he's a he's a fantastic player. But it's, you know, it's Latam, the main maybe man. The times right for him to to move on to the the old retirement home that is the MLS. Ah, oh, it's a disservice think, to the MLS. But I mean, I think he'd absolutely rip it up. He score if uh, you know if Bradley Wright Phillips was top scorer last season with twenty five goals. Latam's going to score like thirty. Million, I don't know. You disrespectful pricks. First of all, stop calling it the MLS. I'm sorry, I, I thought that as soon as I said it, I was like, God, yeah. gonna, no, but then you said it twice. Um, <laughs> and then, and then uh, no, just, no do, do, do not be disrespecting Bradley Wright Phillips. All right? No, but I mean, I'm, you, not, I'm just saying that Zlatan Ibrahimovic has got the quality that yeah. Bradley Wright Phillips may not, may not have had in his career. Look at Trump, no, thriving in that league right now. Yeah. I mean, they do have a, sure they have a lot of space. Anyway. Sure, the defenders sometimes look like <laughs> they're playing FIFA '98. That's not disrespectful to say. It's a different league. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's another league. Yeah. The final bit of transfer news before we move on to the questions: Hachan Kanoglu, uh, by yeah. Leverkusen midfielder United, apparently following him. I mean, is that he, would he be a great addition? A bit more mobility than perhaps uh, Schweinsteiger or Carrick offers. Them? Well, I think I think he's more of your attacking midfielder, your second striker. He's got cracking technique. The lad has absolute techers. If you watch some of his, his clips on YouTube, you see how the ball moves when he hits it. It's absolutely incredible. But no, I, I do like, I've been a fan of Kologlu, you know, since he probably joined Leverkusen. I saw a little bit of him for, for Hamburg, um, but more in Leverkusen because they're on the telly more. Very exciting young Turkish player, so technically very good. So I'd be very happy if he came because Wayne Rooney right now, whew, he's something else. Something else. Right, guys, uh, that wraps up the news and all that general chat. Let's move on to the questions. Okay, so let's move on to the questions. We're going to get through as many of these as possible. A lot of good questions this week. Uh, first one from Harry Fisher. I'll come to you first, Dave. He asks, well, actually, I saw this. Which one of you three didn't have Aguero in your fantasy team? Oh, uh, I have not changed my fantasy team since the first week, so I did not have him, unfortunately. Oh, Adam, I did have him on my team, but I'm doing awful at fantasy football this year. It's just, I just don't know what's going on. Basically, the, the players you don't expect are doing well and the good players are doing crap. But anyway, Lawrence? Uh, yeah, no, I had him in the fantasy team, Dave. Was he captain, though? Uh, no, he wasn't captain. No. Um, yeah. Okay. Next question. Uh, Matty Jones says, who will be the next manager to go in the Premier League after Rodgers and Advocat are leaving? Uh, I mean, it could well be Mourinho. could be the next one. Or are we thinking uh, there could be another manager getting a sack? McLaren, maybe? Is he yeah. yet to win a game still? Uh, McLaren might get his time. I think he um, will get his time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah, you'd hope so. Are you kind of a bit sorry for Steve? Um, you know, I, he said when he first came here. Champions um, League. Champions League. Uh, <laughs> Liverpool or Arsenal. Maybe one of them we would draw. Um, <laughs> it's not English, Steve. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, I guess, oh, who is going to go next? Um, Billich. Nah, Billich will be around for a little one. Watch Tim, uh, Tiger Tim Sherwood. That is. Yeah, four games on the bounce now. That, I mean, that could be the... I don't know who else they'd get in, to be honest, but... Yeah, they're, they're not looking too hot either. It's like a Tim, yeah. Um, 
Next question is from Banty or Brosif on Twitter. He says, after football, which other sports, uh, which other sports do you guys enjoy the most? I assume he means to watch, maybe. Uh, any suggestions? I I do like a bit of cricket. Cricket is a brilliant sport to watch. You know, going to cricket games and watching it on the telly, perfect. When I was in I was in Canada when I was um, nineteen, I got into NHL. The only problem is it's on at like a ridiculous o'clock in the UK, so very difficult yeah, good to though. cover. It is good. Like ice hockey is exciting to watch. Um, it's also I like I like small team games as well. Like NBA, the NBA is fantastic. Um, you know, I can't wait for the new season. Who else is with me? Huh? Mm. Um, Rondo to whoever. Oh come on, the Kings. Um, no one else on this podcast. Um, oh, oh, Adam, what's oh. your favourite sport? Badminton. Love a bit of badminton. No, don't on, Adam. A bit of tennis, but only Wimbledon. Wimbledon only. Actually, not averse to a bit of NFL lately. Oh, yeah. I think that's actually quite really? a good spectator sport. Am I wrong in saying that? Oh, I agree, I agree. I think, I think it's, it's quite decent. fun to just have on and just like watch. It's quite a good... Uh, it's but it's sort of in the background, isn't it? It's never like... Yeah, because it's so long. Know. It takes about 10 years for, for, for someone. Time. Someone the other day called... And I, I find it a little... Like, I know it's a skill, but I'm not sure it's a sport. And some people... like I know there's been a lot... We're what, probably for, going down the wrong route here. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> someone the other day said, I think shooting is a sport. Now, I don't know if that is a... Like, I know that someone's going to write in and go, it is a sport, um, and I think the fines... Well, um, it's not the Olympics, is it not? The yeah, shooting? it doesn't make it a sport, Dave. You can have Whoa. chess at the Olympics, all right? Yeah, you but can... is chess, a, chess is a sport. I think, uh, what I'm saying is, <laughs> I think um, there's, there's, there's levels, aren't there? And, you know, there's, like, shooting is definitely a discipline, but I'm not sure it's a sport I want to watch, you know? Um, but maybe the same as darts. Um, um, next question is let's from David. Play. D. Oh. Shanahan, 9.30. He 180! Asks, who are your second teams? Full house! Oh, um, Biggersworth Town. Yeah, well, Biggersworth, Biggersworth United are uh, my second team, Adam. Yeah, Biggersworth Town are the not my second team. Because, uh, yeah. So. Um, I don't have a second team. What about you, Dave? I, quite, I like quite a lot of teams. I'd say, uh, yeah, I'd say Dynamo Dresden, probably number two, just yeah. from uh, oh, yeah. playing, yeah. The, playing with them on Foot Manager, which is it's a strange allegiance, but it's there. What about the shirt, Dave? Nice shirt. That, oh, it's a lovely shirt, isn't it? It's very, it feels very nice as well. I, I would recommend it, but it was it was seventy euros, which I found pretty incredible for a third division team. Yeah. yeah. The lads, I suppose either I like, way, they're going to um, have quality, aren't they? Daniel um, Daniel Saldana's got uh, two really good questions here. Uh, one, if Chelsea don't make the top four, yeah. who do you say will take their spot? Assuming Arsenal Man City. Assuming Arsenal Man City. Jürgen Klopp. Jürgen Klopp. I'd actually Jürgen say Klopp. until Liverpool at, at this Klopp. moment in time, Tottenham are the best placed. But yeah. once Jürgen Klopp The mentality is going to let them down though, isn't it, Adam? This is all about the mentality. Uh, once Jürgen Klopp comes in and we see a few games, you might have a better idea of whether that's possible. But it is up for grabs at the moment. I say Tottenham are performing well. Uh, last couple of games, we were unbeaten in, oh, in all competitions. We we're unbeaten in, in seven games at least. Um, so I, mean, very windy I thought you are, when I first came here, jump and leave. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, Dave, stop. Dave, what do you reckon? Who is the best place to, to finish in the top four if Chelsea can take their spot? I think if, if Klopp comes into Liverpool, they're definitely ones. You know, they're, they're yeah, the team arrest. to watch. I'd say. But the thing is, though, Dave, his quote is: his quote is, I want to play good football. I want to, you know, of course, we want to win playing good football, but it's okay, if, not okay if we lose, but we, you know, we lose, we lose playing our way. 
And I'm yeah. worried that this season it'll be that'll be the Liverpool fans' motto: is we're losing, but we're losing our way. But then it's fun, you know. You see yeah. loads of goals. You see all these, you know. It's but then good, they don't get the top player. four, though, do they? No, they don't. Which it would be, you know, it is, would be, is that what you want? I think what top four? Do you like for Liverpool fans? Do you want a style of play that you know sort of dictates the club, or do you want to you know, or do you want that top four? that's going to be potentially one season or do you want like a consistent style of play over? Well, de- well the, but the thing is, Dave, what, what people would argue is if you bring in Jurgen Klopp, that's like a shot in the arm because it's like, okay, wait a minute. Players are going to look at working under Jurgen and say, well, look what he built at Dortmund. He made people incredibly happy. Spurs, Why were all those uh, players willing to take <laughs> such a wage hit? Bring it back right? to Spurs. They're actually unbeaten in seven Premier League games. Haven't lost since the opening day defeat to... Uh, next question are Arsenal really title challengers or are they going to bottle it as usual I think Arsenal always have the same season and this happens every single time but I am tempted to say that they are I love, you, I love how you you write up Arsenal and you go no. oh, well you know this I, happens all the time I actually someone because goes, those mentality is poor you go no it isn't no, no, because because, <laughs> Chelsea, because Chelsea are having a dreadful time of it. Man United uh, are somewhat inconsistent. I think Arsenal are probably going to finish second and will will be the nearest challengers to Man City. I don't know whether they're actually going to give them a real run for their money because you never know. Arsenal, about, the you never bastion know of, uh, of consistency. Because I mean, yeah, look at what they they beat Man United an amazing victory at the weekend five days earlier. They lost three <laughs> times to. Yeah, I don't think they are. I think they're going to bottle it. Sorry, I'm, I'm definitely not sitting on the fence. They're bottling there, it. There's a mentality problem for you there. <laughs> um, spooky, spookity spooks says, does Dave still stand by what he said about Billich? Yes. If you remember what I said, I said in the be the first manager to be sacked. That was incorrect. Yes, that was that was silly. That was just because I was trying to stick by my my opinion. Be but bold. I like it. You're being if, bold. If you, I actually, I was I was tidying the room the other day, right? And I found the sheet of paper that had the had my notes on. And what I was saying was, after ten games, so West Ham are going to do well after, and then after ten games, it's all going to go down the shit pan, right? After eight games, they're sick. So I think this is coming. I think it's coming, lads. It's it's coming. It's going to yeah. fall. Right in again when in about four or five games time. Let's see if Dave's still sticking by what yeah. he says. Then I'm going to stick by it. You know, die by your ship. Oh, I forgot I'm to mention of the ship. I'm going to go down with it. I forgot to mention that uh, Daniel Saldana said, as usual, hashtag I am in the hole. I appreciate that, Daniel. Good nice. luck. Nice. Is that your dad tweeting in there? No, unfortunately. Okay. Not this week. Um, Nicola F. Uh, regular. Uh, contributed to the show said which player of your rival clubs would you like to see scoring an own goal hashtag I am the whole um, rival clubs it's a bit mean isn't it um, Jack Wilshere who's Jack Wilshere why yeah. oh because of the it's whole bit, top of the bus thing it's a bit of a dickhead isn't he Jack Wilshere I don't mind it's all, I mean <laughs> just a bit of a dickhead Lawrence uh, who's my rival club I've got Liverpool well, got quite a few rivals mate let's say Manchester um, United um I don't really wish bad upon anyone mate um I'm really enjoy- the problem is I really like Manchester United this season. Oh um, God, man, what's wrong with you? Well, the, like, the, the amount of time that I almost feel like I have to stick up for the reasonable side of the club because the amount of conversations that I have with unreasonable Manchester United fans, I'm like, I, what, what am I supposed to do? I, I feel a bit sorry for all the other reasonable United fans who don't go off the handle every ten seconds. Um, I feel like I relate to them. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, that is hard. Like, uh, all right, Dave, I'll come to you. Let Lawrence have a little think. 
I'm going to be pretty evil. I'm going to say James Milner. I'd like to see James Milner score you an own goal. Just you because. Fine. because Martial. Right. <laughs> Patrick. Memphis would have been harder, harsher because he's obviously had a little bit of trouble with Lou Van Al recently. Yeah, we need to bring them both down, up, mate. We need to bring them both down. Martial's in good form. Bring them both <laughs> down and point. the team's fucked. Did you give an answer, Lawrence? Martial. Okay. Next no, question. No, oh, that's not it. Rooney, no. At least then he could be king of the goals. Am I right, guys? Oy, see you later, Rooney. Um, that was Harry, a great job, wasn't it? Harry on Twitter has asked a very good very question. What is your favourite non-Derby game to watch? Oh, that's hard because I was going to pick Derby County, but technically that doesn't count now. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, oh, uh, I do, my Derby's not even my favourite game to watch. Um, I suppose, oh, does he mean any Derby in general? Like, you non-Derby. Okay. Uh, but that question—the question back to you—is the Classico a Derby? Uh, it kind of counts in. I think what okay. he means is like sort of anything that's outside of the conventional yeah. Super Sunday sort of thing. Uh, what those, I mean, it was always said to be Liverpool, Newcastle was always the thrilling Premier League game where it's, it's the most goals scored in any other fixture. I think. I t- I tell you what, Southampton, Southampton versus Chelsea has been excellent the last few years. You know, Southampton United's been a good one. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one as well, actually. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, either one of those two. Southampton, maybe. Uh, yeah, a cocktail of Southampton with anything. Um, next question is from Adam1802. Now, I don't think we've got to have an adequate answer for this, but I think Adam always asks a question about the SPL. Whenever I see it, I skip it because I don't know how qualified we are to answer it. Is either of you... Um, The answer is unqualified, Adam. So, I promise you this, Adam. Your question is, how do you believe Mark Warburton will do in the SPL after his loss against St. Johnson? Should we do a little bit of SPL digging this week? And come back next week. Yes, yes. Let's of, do some research. research. Watch a Rangers uh, Watch a few games, and sort of come up with an actual answer for that question. Because I feel bad. It's always just skipping. Yeah, they may. Okay. Off the cuff, I reckon it'll be all right. Uh, Lawrence, meet yourself. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know who on Twitter, Gabrielle Woods has said. I think this is a yes or no answer. Basically, has Mourinho completely lost the plot? Yes. Yes. No, thanks. That was good. Taha Ali. Taha Ali says, what footballer would you not want to get in a fight with and why, lol? Oh, good one. Oh, God. I I would say, I'd say Chiellini from Juventus. He looks like an absolute nutcase. Yeah. He's a big Sacco, lad, right? After the weekend, Saka looked a bit mental, didn't he? In the old, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, crazy. yeah, he's a big lad. Yeah, Jesus. I reckon scary. he'd be soft though. He'd be one of those lads that sort of like pretends to be hard, but then if it really kicked off, he'd it's be running. Be, it's got to be, be Pepe. Out there. Pepe, I think, would kill you. I don't, think <laughs> I don't would, know, man. I, don't I, feel like Pepe, I feel like he'd kill you. I feel like Pepe's all tall. Have you, done, yeah. have you seen the? Have you seen some of the stuff he's done? He's yeah, crazy. but he's never done anything. He's never done anything. No, no one's ever properly reacted to Pepe. I feel like it, it, people will see it in the next few days. That little <laughs> dog that came up, up against those bears, um, you'll see it. Um, I feel okay. like if you do that to Pepe, you'll sort of be like, fucking hell, no. Um, I didn't mean it. Uh, <laughs> por favor, here's that. Um, what about, uh, you know, see, one time I would have said someone like um, Van Bommel, but 
I feel like he wouldn't actually hit you. He just he's just a bit of a bastard in the games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gattuso, yeah, he, he was pretty mad as well. Wasn't he? Oh um, no! Who was that? Lawrence. Sorry, mate. It was just a, an absolute <laughs> prick. Shout oh, you. Oh dear. Uh, not my not my fault, mate. He, he knew you were recording your podcast. So he thought you trying. He to get did. Yeah. So I like yeah. Hello, mate. Nice cameo. Um, <laughs> Eric Svartshow says. How does Garth Crooks come up with his formations for his team of the week teams? In the oh, dark. They in the are, dark. Are, they are cracking. <laughs> with a, maybe with a dart. Just I think it's he's an innovator. And we should <laughs> laugh at that. I think we should, uh, we should commend him for his, for his efforts. Uh, I, like, I like Garth. Wait, I let, let's let's just get the team up this week. It was brilliant. This was, one of, this was his masterpiece. Go Wait, on. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me just find Did it. Did he have like two centre-backs or something? No, he had... Um, Hold on, we got it here right. Okay, so I'll read it out to you. So we've got Gabriel. Sorry, let's do it for the goalkeeper first. So Gomez in goal. Then we've got Gabriel, Van Dijk, and Schlupp at centre back. Um, this weekend, Schlupp actually played left midfield. Yeah, Schlupp played left midfield. Yeah. Was and the then, and then we have back. wing backs. We have Anatovic, and then Kevin De Bruyne is in holding midfield, and then Alexis Sanchez is playing left wing back. And then Christian Eriksen in the hole, and a front three of. Mene, Pella, and Aguero. Now, got to fit in all the talent somehow, Dave. You got to fit it balanced. all in. All right, that's, that's all I'm that's saying. What I like about. Absolutely incredible. It's wait, it's one, two, three, four, four strikers, a winger, and two attacking midfielders, and then he's, he's an innovator. Three... I said it. He's, an he's, a, he's just a nutter. He should be in charge of Liverpool. Um, Adam one eight zero two has actually got a question we can answer. I think. Um, um, which we've already answered. Finally. How much longer do you guys believe McLaren has in charge of Newcastle um, as long as Pardew or no? I reckon he's got until Christmas. I reckon um, he's, he's he's pretty safe at the moment. I think if things don't turn around in the next two months, he's going to be in trouble. But I think he's got until Christmas, yeah. Yeah, yeah probably about right. Yeah. Uh, German Chicas Jr. said, will Chelsea get relegated? Yeah. Very much so. No. Every week. Okay, every week going, you ask. They're going down. No, no, no. Uh, Ikenna at Melancholy Wolf on Twitter says, who's going to win the Golden Boy Award? I like that. Ooh. Uh, it's probably going to be Deli Alley, I'd say. I think it's uh, that's a good prediction. Any other? Top of my list, actually, Lawrence. You know who, who potentially would have won the Golden Boy? Would have been Luke Shaw if he hadn't broken his leg. Yeah. Possibly, like yeah. With his, like with his form. Um, yeah. I've got some other honourable mentions. So we've got uh, Julian Weigel from Borussia Dortmund. He started the season fantastically, completed more passes than any yeah. under 21-year-old in Europe's top five leagues. Um, another player that could be Leroy Sané from um, uh, Schalke. He's been absolutely on fire this season. I think he's registered two assists and scored three goals or something like that. Um, and then another one a bit off the piste, um, Amanda Traore from Monaco. He's sort of a central midfielder, been pretty good. But to be honest, anyone could win it. Great answer, Dave. <laughs> That's the game. I'd put my money. To be honest, mate, could be anyone. Um, I'd put my money fantastic. on Martial. I'd put my money more, on Martial. More answers next week. Who's going to win the league? Well, it's only going to be any one of 20. Who? Embongen. Embongeni. Malanga says. Yeah. I didn't butcher his name at all. Who will be the next England manager? It's Pards, mate. It is Pards. Or Brendan Rogers, maybe, I've heard. Nah, no, I think Brendan's going to take a lot of time off. I uh, hope he has a good time. I <laughs> hope he's all right. There goes Brendan Rogers. It's part. Let's remember right? to thank him. Um, who else can we say? Can we say Gary Monk? Too young. Don't ruin him now. Um, and essentially, Pardew put himself forward for the job, didn't he? He was just like, yeah. um, uh, you know, if they came calling, I probably couldn't turn it down. Just give me one tournament. And I was like, okay, that one tournament, we'll lose it again, and then you can fuck off. 
What about Harry Redknapp? Coming back. GK. Our tetracist on Twitter says, How good is Meza Ozil? He's eight. He's eight good. He's a, he's a definite eight. He's eight good. I love him. He's nine good. Seems like he's after my criticism. It seems like he's starting to perform for Arsenal this season, and I feel really bad. Do you think his hashtag is "I am the whole day"? It could be. It, you know, he was excellent against Man United, against Man United. You know, tearing us apart in the hole. So maybe, maybe we we'll check his check his Twitter profile out. <laughs> uh, Probably got it on there, hasn't he? The um, Chris Holden says, "How lucky are we, Blackburn, to have Jordan Rose? Very. Twenty oh. plus goals per season consistently. Hashtag I am the whole. Love it, Chris." Anyone got any thoughts on Jordan Rhodes there? Uh, lucky or just, you know, if you get your talent and you lucky, bring him... You're an, you're an eight, lucky. eight lucky. I'd say you're, I'd say you're five lucky, um, five effort. No, nine effort. Solid the question, five. The question is, have they have they priced out all, you know, like the bottom end Premier League teams and then the top end Champions League, sorry, Championship teams out of a move for Jordan Rhodes? Because I think he, he moved for uh, two... Um, Blackburn for quite a bit of cash, and I think they were, you know, they wanted like twenty odd million or something stupid like that. So maybe it's good to keep him. But I thought, I'd, like from what I heard, I thought Rudy Gestead would be a bigger loss. Maybe that's a question we could ask Jack back. Is Rudy Gestead a bigger loss than than Jordan Rose would be? I like that. I like that. Good. Yeah, Jack it's five loss. Let us know. Um, Marco Fabian says, "Do you remember a time when you were embarrassed to be a supporter of your club?" As a Spurs fan, I mean, it happens pretty regularly. So, I mean, um, I can remember a time. Uh, Dave, is there a particular time no. when you were embarrassed? Never. Well, fair play. Never, Dave. Never, ever. Never? Um, Spurs do some pretty embarrassing things sometimes when they bring out those old DVDs of, uh, <laughs> of uh, one-off victories. I mean, that's a great time to be a Spurs fan. But, um, Lawrence, any time you embarrassed bit, to be a institutionalised racism of what happened around Luis Suarez was probably a very embarrassing time oh, I don't geez. mean probably it was very embarrassing yes um, bizarre as well. I, I mean you still yeah. oh, just um, it's, any stuff like that really I mean it's it's, it's tricky um, mm, maybe very. under Roy Hodgson um, okay yeah. that was just embarrassing right? oh no to Talking be fair get left back That's yeah the, the David Moyes end of the David Moyes thing was pretty embarrassing I'd have to say that was pretty ugly. What about when yeah. you... Uh, what His about name's David, though. Don't call him that. What about this week when Man United were emailing Thomas Miller every day? Uh, uh, that's uh, fair. No, that's cool. I like, I like that pursuit. You know, yeah. it's a slow pursuit, slow burner. Please, Thomas. Desperate please, but please, persistent, yeah. Yeah. Um, Drew Wilson says, if Pellegrini is sacked after not winning the Premier League, who would take his place? Uh, there's only one candidate, and that Pep. man is Pep Guardiola, surely. No, he's, he's joining Man United. Done already, mate. Sorry, mate. Not Gixie true. In it. I thought Levan uh, was right, keeping right, the seat warm for Gixie. He needs a bit of time. He needs to go and he needs to go and manage a club. You know what I mean? He's, he isn't been the assistant for you know two seasons, but he needs to go and get experience. In my opinion. I mean, that's a good opinion. I mean, it's a good point. Um, Hassan Asaf says, "What's next for Brendan Rodgers? Is a move to Spain a realistic possibility?" Um, could be a job at Real Sociedad uh, coming in the not too. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Adam. Come on. Um, yeah. Don't pin me. Yeah, Come on, Adam. At the same time, Brendan Rodgers going abroad wouldn't be too bad for him. Getting away from I the think glare, Bundesliga. Like Bundesliga. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He could, he could... Come on, Bundesliga is a great fit for Brendan, I think, right? Yeah, I 
What about back to Swansea eventually when Gary moves on to bigger things? No, Dave, no, no, no. no. <laughs> That's not the way it no? works. Um, not buying it? Question no, here no. from Marco Fabian again. Thank you very much for your question. Why do you think Perlo hasn't fit in very well to the MLS? Sorry, yeah, he's put MLS. Sorry, I, I would have said MLS without any prompting. So, any tactical change or is it just a lack of motivation? Now, I have not seen Andrea Perlo play one single game in the MLS in the MLS so any uh, any thoughts I've seen, I've seen two games and a lot of vines yeah um, I saw, I saw. from those six seconds did you, uh, <laughs> uh, could you tell whether six, it was Adam. a tactical change or a lack of motivation in those vines what did you pick I up from those six seconds a little from column A and a little from column B Adam. I like that uh, I think there are a few times where you go seconds, why is he just standing there yeah, yeah, isn't I, that his match? Yeah, that's what I'd say. I saw a little bit of like I think I'm, it was it was um, New York City versus someone, and and uh, Villa was having an absolute blinder, and Perlo was just chilling. It was just like he was like, all right, lads, uh, want to give me the ball? I'll deal with it. If not, then you know, I'm just gonna float on by. Uh, next and final question for this week because we run out of time. <sighs> and I like this question a lot uh, from Jeb Brandon. He said, "Can you rate how well each Premier League team?" Uh, team has done this season out of 10 I think in the interests of uh, not all 20 Adam or nothing all 20 or nothing our own clubs so Dave I'll come to you first out of 10 yeah how would you rate Manchester United's season so far it's like a six and a half six point five yeah it's like average but like sometimes it's a little bit so you'd say seven is your like maybe seven's your average or that's a load of shit. Five's your average out of ten, but anyway, let's pretend six is the average. Seven is very decent. We've had yeah. a very decent start. Yeah, so it's below that. It's a little bit better than average, but then we've you know we've played well in some games. But then again, it's Arsenal. We got you know pants taken down. We've had other other issues against PSV Eindhoven away. You know, there's definite cracks in the United title challenge. Let's say so. I give it a six point five. Um, Lawrence, obviously Rodgers has gone, but how would you rate that? That, that starts the season out of ten. I mean, it's hard to say. He's not all that off the points in the league. Um, they sit in a fairly reasonable position in the league. So let's, let, that's within context. Um, I'll probably go with like a four, to be honest, because I don't think they've got the best out of a lot of their players. They don't really know the formation. But at this point, it's almost not a wipe the slate, but it's a, it's definitely a, re, a reimagining of what Liverpool can do this season. And um, I think post-Klopp, you probably say, if we go with Klopp, post-Klopp appointments, you go, you know what, that's not creative a manager, that's probably a six to get him in. Okay. So you'll go at a six, because they stand on a reasonable points tally, and he can probably motivate them to do things. So, six. I think I'm going to go for an 8.5. Uh, so that's that fucking uh, mentality again. If it, if it, yeah. The mentality has somewhat been uh, altered in, in some ways. Spurs... Obviously, terrible defence in the last few seasons. Now have the joint best defence in the league at the moment, having conceded only seven goals. Uh, seven games in the Premier League unbeaten. There were a disappointing uh, home draw to, to Stoke where we threw away two goals, but beating Man City, you know, that, that seven-game run is pretty impressive. Eric Dyer in midfield has been uh, very impressive. Deli Alley coming in has been impressive. Song, when we've seen him, has been good. Um, so I think it's been a very promising start to the season for uh, for the old Spurs. So yeah, 8.5. I like that. Come um, on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. So that wraps up uh, this week's episode of The Front Three. If you do have any questions for next week or any suggestions for the podcast, anything you want to moan about or 
praise us for maybe hit us up on twitter at the front anything you worried about are you worried about anything yeah i mean just you know let us know and we'll, we'll do what we can um dave in the meantime where can the good people where can the whole find you the whole can find me just on twitter at Squawker Dave, let's go for it. S Q U A W K A D A V E. There you go. Spell Dave. So thank you. Um, Lots. <laughs> no worries, where mate. Can the good people find you? I'm assuming it's Lost Cast everywhere. Just, yeah, but it's also, it's also D A V. That's uh, how you spell Dave. Just for anyone who's not familiar. Dave. Um, <laughs> I go. Yeah, just go Lost. L O Z C A S T. Where can people find you, Adam? I'm on Twitter, Adam Boltwood. On YouTube, The Football Republic. Go I'm and there watch as well. every single video. Lawrence is there. And Dave is going to be there very soon. Is he? More on that yeah. later. Uh, we should have talked about that before you invited him, Adam, but all right. See uh, you next time <laughs> on The Front Three. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. See ya. Bye, bye. 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 He's gone. He's gone. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.